0: Hello everyone and welcome to Behold, the podcast where we try to answer once and for all, what is the best comic book adaptation? Yes, be it movie or TV show, we'll watch it and rank it until we have our definitive number one. And who's we? Well, I'm your host, Andrew, and as per usual, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Mick. Hello! And Rob. Hello! How are we doing today, guys?
1: I'm bereft.
2: I'm bereft... I'm, 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 I'm bereft.
0: I'm be right. I was going to say a bit of a sombre start to the show, but no, that's, that's brought it up to the usual standards, hasn't it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm bereft, because this week we said goodbye to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. forever. Uh, but, you but,
0: know... I mean, didn't we say goodbye to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. forever about a season ago?
1: Well, actually, no. No, we said... We said goodbye to S.H.I.E.L.D. forever two seasons ago, and then ABC Studios brought it back for two more seasons.
2: (laughs) See, I think I said goodbye to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. around season three.
1: No staying power, that's your problem.
0: I got bored of it. But anyway, no, we we can't just sit around all day criticising that Marvel property, because it is now time. Well,
1: I thought it tied in quite nicely, mentioning... A shield.
0: Oh, oh! I see. And now it is time for us to awkwardly lug a large plastic frisbee at people.
1: <laughs> as That's we right.
0: behold <laughs> Captain America.
2: Not that Captain America. Bracket. Yeah. 1990.
0: <laughs> uh, yes, the, the one you probably, not the one you're thinking of. This is the 1990 direct-to-video Captain America movie. Directed by Albert Pughn. With a screen ba- screenplay by Stephen Tolkien and Story Assist by Larry Block. And it's based on the Marvel character created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby in 1941.
1: Interesting note. It's the first time a movie's been directed by a, a man whose surname is the same as the bad guy's gun sound effect.
2: Is that Stephen Tolkien related to uh, the Tolkins?
0: No, this is Tolkien, K-I-N. Oh,
2: right, okay. Uh, Stanley apparently was an executive producer on this.
0: Really? Sure? Yeah. <laughs> I, said, I am shocked. And by shocked, I mean not. Not that at all.
1: I mean, I'm not saying it was low budget, but um, Steve Rogers' uh, childhood sweetheart's mum is played by the casting director. <laughs> I mean, it's. It's.
2: <laughs> see, this. Right, I think maybe we should start at the beginning, Andrew, before we, we start should. So, with as we else. always
0: do, before we get into the the film itself, we like to kind of talk about the comics themselves, sort uh, kind of how familiar we are with them. Um, Captain America, I'll admit, I've not read a lot of. I think there is just something a little bit... Not off-putting, but there's always... I think kind of being that idea that Captain America is sort of not the character for me. I,
1: I think he suffers from that Superman factor, doesn't he? He's the he's the Boy Scout. See, of the interesting thing about
2: because I did read a lot of Captain America, especially during the nineties, as you know, Andrew. Um, and for me, the interesting thing about Captain America going, what you know, during the nineties was that they started playing around with his character more. Started putting him in weird situations and weird relationships. And there was the whole thing with him and Diamondback. Not that Diamondback, another Diamondback who just happened to be female. And they had a kid. And then that story was completely wiped out from the Marvel Universe. So Captain America was, you know, somehow single again. There was the Cap-Wolf incident, which, you know.
0: Yes, the cap I think that is... Kind of, for you and me, that that is like our main point of reference for Captain America is just that one story where he's a werewolf.
2: It lasted three issues, and in the middle of it, you had just random vampire U.S. agent.
0: Yeah, who literally just bursts through a wall and bites <laughs> Captain America, who at this point is like partway transformed back from a werewolf, so he's just a very hairy man.
2: Yeah, he is Hobo America, not Captain America. Um, but, yeah, uh, aside from things like that, you had other things that really, ca- that really put his character in difficult positions. And, may, you know, there were interesting uh, ways of examining uh, Captain America. Operation Galactic Storm, for example, when the Avengers basically split from each other. And Tony Stark leads a bunch of the Avengers to kill the Kree Supreme Intelligence. Whereas Cap's going, we don't kill people. You know, this is a, this is what we do. We don't kill. So that basically split the Avengers and Cap basically walked away from the Avengers. So things like that happened during the 90s. But this was the beginning of the 90s, this movie.
1: Indeed well, you can't get any earlier in
2: the 90s. All I'm saying is this was the end of the 80s, beginning of the 90s, and I don't think they'd thought about maybe... Doing interesting things with Captain America at that point.
0: Uh, that's it's interesting you say that. I might have to circle back to that in a bit. <laughs> but shall we move on to the, the movie synopsis? Yes. So, as always, both this <clears throat> and the discussion are going to contain full spoilers for the movie. So,
1: But again, it has been 30 yes. years.
0: And also, I, I think this is one of those ones where you'll thank us for them.
1: i mean is it actually possible to spoil this movie
0: yes i'd I'd say that the biggest spoiler for this movie is probably albert puren and stephen tolkien (laughs) (laughs) anyway the film opens in fascist italy 1936 a child prodigy tazio desantis is kidnapped by the nazis as part of their super soldier program and his family is killed One of the project scientists, Dr. Fusselli, played by Carla Casola, objects to the Nazis' barbaric methods and escapes to the US. Some of this is even subtitled into English. Yes. (laughs) But not as much as (laughs) you think.
1: Occasionally, and possibly not as much as you need.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) I forgot about this. I don't understand what anything's saying.
0: It's fine, you can basically get the gist of it. (laughs) Anyway, seven years later, Vaselli uses her research to transform sickly Steve Rogers, made by Matt Salinger, into Captain America, a hero with the incredible strength, speed, and agility of... an athlete. Yep. (laughs) Unfortunately, before the project can be replicated, Dr. Vaselli is killed by a Nazi spy, and the US government has no choice but to send Steve in alone to stop his counterpart, the Red Skull, a our grown-up Tazio played by Scott Paulin, from launching a missile to destroy the White House. Unfortunately, Steve is captured and tied to the rocket, and in a desperate last-ditch attempt to save the president, Captain America manages to knock the rocket off course, sending it plummeting into the Alaskan wilderness. This act is witnessed by a young boy named Thomas Kimball, eventually grows up to become president of the united states inspired by the hero he saw give his life to save america roll credits oh no wait we're only 15 (coughs) minutes in we then jump to 1990 president kimball played by ronnie cox is trying to enforce his new environmental laws however his treacherous general fleming played by dan mcgavin The Tommy Lee Jones that time forgot (laughs) conspires with the Red Skull to kidnap him and insert a control chip into his brain. Meanwhile, in Alaska, Captain America is discovered and dethawed from a block of ice. Initially confused by a world that's radically different to the one he's used to, Steve refuses to aid President Kimball's friend Sam in rescuing him. And Sam is played by Ned Beatty, as he believes all of this to be part of some kind of sinister Nazi plan. And so he just just walks home to Ohio Ohio,
2: from from Canada.
0: (laughs) So when Steve arrives home, though, he meets his former girlfriend, Bernie, who is now an old woman, by which I mean a woman with white hair and like a a bit of a wrinkle on her chin. Unfortunately,
1: engaging use of latex, I think you'll find is what she has.
0: Maybe
2: rephrase that, (laughs) Nick.
1: (laughs) No,
0: I'm sticking with it. I mean, look, she's not the only one, is she? (laughs) Unfortunately, this reunion is cut short when Bernie and Sam are both killed by the Red Skull's daughter, Valentina, led by Francesca Neary and her sinister fashion goons. They Steve then
2: They are like the disco boys from Mystery Men, aren't they?
0: I mean basically yes they had that kind of like weird themed group. We can get I I've got thoughts on them that yes. we can get into. Yes, yes. So Steve realizes that he has a second chance to defeat the Red Skull and teams up with Bernie's daughter Sharon, and both of those are played by Kim Gillingham to prove that he is indeed. A bad enough dude to rescue the president, and that's it. That this whole synopsis was just leading up to me making a Duke Nukem reference. I mean, <clears throat> and quite frankly, that's what this film deserves.
2: Yeah, and not any good Duke Nukem references. We're talking like the new Duke Nukem game, which was awful. Um, Matt Salinger.
1: The son of author J.D. Salinger. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Just let that sink in for a moment.
2: I mean, aside from this, he's had, you know, he debuted in Revenge of the Nerds. so
1: And then didn't appear in another film for six years.
2: Yeah, he appeared in What Dreams May Come, which I actually like as a film. I think it's imaginative, creative, and I love the whole idea of you know, uh, uh, that it presents of the afterlife. L-
1: and can we just can we just point out at this moment, we have now covered his entire film career. Revenge of the Nerds, Captain America, What Dreams Make. Of. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. As an actor, he's done. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Scott Palin's even worse.
0: Scott Palin. See, I, d- I don't know how I feel about Scott Palin. Scott, Pal- Scott Pal- is not good in this film. He's a Poundland Frank Langella in
1: this film.
0: Yeah. Yes. Uh, at least like he's almost having fun. He's he's not quite like the fun scenery chewing villain that he wants to be.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh,
0: but he's it's something, isn't it? Do you know, the, like it's it's the bit, it's like scrap of this is this is almost entertainment.
2: The the weird thing is though, the presentation they had in this of the Red Skull, Scott Powlin's performance. Just his performance, I kept remembering the Red Skull in Captain America, the First Avenger, and, um oh, what's his name? The guy who played that? Uh, damn it. Hugo Weaving. Hugo Bob. Weaving, yeah. And Hugo Weaving just chewing the scenery in Captain America, the First Avenger, you know, just going, you know, where he tears off his face and goes, I embrace my difference proudly, <laughs> things like that. I'm, and I'm, I'm just having flashbacks to that when I see the Red Skull in this. I'm just thinking, was, was Hugo Weaving inspired by this movie? to, like,
1: I, I, I think if he was, he wouldn't admit it. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. I, and I think that's... So this movie was bad enough. I feel like it's even worse now that you've got Captain America, the first Avenger, a fairly sort of similar-ish in terms of plot movie that you can compare it to and go, oh, no, this is so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, this is the one thing that, that that Captain America 1990 has done with its budget of ten million and its box office of ten thousand dollars. Um, it's given me a new appreciation for Chris Evans as the first Avenger. Well, I
2: mean, aside from like dodgy special effects and stuff like that, I I noticed they
1: they I, I got the feeling they only had the one costume. That that was actually something I quite liked about it. There was a <laughs> from the from the from the costume to the shield to the um to the actual character themselves. There was a a feeling of mortality to this Captain America. You know, bullets did actually
0: hurt.
2: <laughs> yeah, but that uh, you know, when he gets shot the first time, I'm like, oh, he's gonna be fine. It's just a flesh wound.
0: I mean. Also. It doesn't look good, though, does it? No, no. It's horrible, like latex bodysuit with the rubber ears.
1: Oh, the, the. Well, you see,
0: this was it. I could, I, I, was,
1: I, I was distracted in every close-up shot of Captain America, trying to figure out: Are they rubber ears, or has the latex caused a reaction?
2: Uh, uh, see, this. The problem I had with the with the Captain America thing was when you look close up at his face, he looked like a pug wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wrong on this, am I?
0: It does. But I think again it's just It it just makes him look so (laughs) perfect. Yes!
2: I just kept, every time there was a close up of his face while he was wearing the mask, I just kept wanting to go at the screen and go, Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy?
0: (laughs) Because it's. Because, yeah, it's one of those things. I don't like, obviously, Matt Salinger does not do a good job in this film. But it's also. You're stressed head to toe in latex in the boiling hot Italian sun and having what looks like to be quite a bad allergic reaction.
1: Yeah. And to, and, and to be fair, it's, it's unfair to single out um, Matt Salinger as not doing a very good job.
2: Well, they all didn't do a very good job. So
1: <laughs> you know, there's a lot of blame to be had for not doing a very good job.
2: I mean, I can forgive them to a degree because it's a superhero adaptation from 1990. And up until then, what we had was Batman out. Then,
0: I mean, yeah, we Batman yeah. came out in 1989.
2: Rob, yeah, and before that, there I mean, was... we
0: already had the Superman movies. Yeah, two of those are good.
2: Yeah, that's what I was about to say. We had like the Superman movies and then Batman, um, which were DC, Marvel lit. I mean, Marvel had. I mean, to
0: be fair,
1: Batman '66 was better than this. Yeah,
2: but Marvel had... Marvel was coming into this with uh, what was Marvel's experience of making movies with their characters?
0: Uh, Okay, but this Marvel didn't make this movie. Yeah. No. Yeah. But Stan Lee was an executive producer. (laughs) It's it's
1: pre-Marvel Studios. Yeah, all I'm
2: saying is Stan, as much as we love him, didn't always make good decisions. And this movie, I think, was one of them.
0: I mean, that's... To be honest what I think blaming this on Stan Lee is some um, Captain America movie-worthy logic.
2: <laughs> I'm not blaming Stan. But that
0: is the same kind of logic of, oh, I've woken up in Alaska, I'll walk to Canada, and then to Ohio.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and one thing we've glossed over is... Uh, you know, from Captain America: The First Avenger, we're all familiar with the weedy Steve Rogers, who's constantly bullied. is an asthmatic, has a the frame of a, an eight stone weakling. But in this,
2: man, yeah, Matt Salinger no, does. No, yeah. no,
1: no. Matt Matt Salinger seems to have been told play someone who's lost control of one of their legs no see this is the thing Matt challenger apparently
2: in this apparently in this he's a weak polio victim right
1: yes and because as we know all pol- all polio victims in in the 40s grew up to be six foot quarterbacks with a slightly odd leg yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes I
0: mean, I do
1: Who I do could love that. Le- <laughs> who could leap garden fences before limping the rest of the way to yeah. the door?
0: <laughs> and then you get that scene, which other well, like there's, there's all the experimentation and all the flashing rays and stuff, and then Captain America stands up, and looks exactly the same.
2: <laughs> oh, but oh, <laughs> with a
1: slightly straighter leg.
2: No, no, no. The 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 best thing about that scene though was when it focused on the muscles, and obviously there's someone off in the corner going, "Matt, flex." Flex! Flex like you mean it!
1: (laughs) There are some notable support performances as well.
2: I thought What's-Her-Face, who played uh, the scientist, was not bad compared to the rest of this movie.
1: Ned Beatty, as always, was good value as the journalist.
0: He is. I will say, though, he does deserve to be killed off. And as unfair yeah. it's not even Ned Beatty's problem, he, no. he deserves everything he gets because his child version pronounces it, pronounces Namor's name as the submariner.
2: <laughs> maybe
0: the one. It's sub hyphen mariner. I got,
2: I, I, I got, he not how you pronounce maybe
0: it. Maybe he
2: was talking about, uh, maybe he was talking about, you know, sub, uh, the submariner's twin sister, Submariner.
0: See what you see what you've done, child Ned Beatty. You've allowed that joke to happen. Hang on, who
2: then went on to a successful career with Stingray.
1: <laughs> Interesting interestingly, young Sam was played by Thomas Beatty
2: <laughs> I mean, um, what was it? Uh, Ronnie Cox as President Thomas Kimball, right?
1: Now the problem I've always got with Ronnie Cox is I can only ever see him being the bad CEO from Rob- RoboCop. That's <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. So he he can you know he can appear in a movie and save as many cats as he wants. He'll always be the bad guy from RoboCop.
2: I mean, uh, uh, all I uh, all I remember is that scene from RoboCop where they play the video. He's like, "I had to kill Bob Marbury because he made a mistake. Now it's time to erase that mistake." That's all I kept seeing. <laughs>
1: Obviously, not a fan of Atletico. Means <laughs> the CEO of.
0: Uh... Anyway, but yeah, but it's so weird because like, he's he's the goodest good guy in this, and he's like, yeah, envi- No, we, we've got to save the planet uh, with my new environmental laws. I'm Like, okay, but so so environmentalism must be bad, maybe because if Ronnie Cox is saying it's good, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and but the other thing is, he he, he also just for. In oh, Captain America. In America yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is I mean, you know
2: I went to rescue the president gone. and the president rescued me and now are, yeah. and now we're best yeah. buddies and you get that thumbs up
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's one of those things even though this is a fairly lousy movie if you did a, a sort of top 10 list of most heroic presidents in film. Ronnie Cox would have
0: to be in there. Oh yeah, Yeah. (laughs) right behind a team up film between President Ronnie Cox and President Harrison Ford from Air Force One. Yeah,
1: (laughs) President Morgan Freeman.
2: Nah, he didn't really do anything heroic. He stood there and gave speeches. He he can
0: be like the the, he can be the mission control president. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And and the other thing is the young Darren McGavin, and I didn't think isn't made that. Um, clear That's... but it's it's Will Robinson from yeah it's Bill Mooney isn't it yeah yeah and he's just yeah. as bad at acting as this as he was 30 years earlier
2: danger Will Robinson
1: <laughs> danger Will Robinson you must betray your president
0: I uh, I hate everything about this
1: uh, film uh, the, uh, right <laughs> The shield was quite nice.
0: But it looks it, so, it, so much like plastic, though. Yeah. I know, but... And no one can throw it convincingly. No one can throw like it... Like, even... Because we, we say that Ronnie Cox is, like, almost the best Captain America. Yeah. He does have that one bit where he tries to chuck the steel to Stephen. he just biffs it. Yeah. It just, like, <laughs> awkwardly clatters along the ground. And Cap has to do, like, three backflips to get to it. In all
1: fairness, I, I think... I think that's less to do with either the shield or Ronnie Cox, and far more to do with whoever thought that um, Albert Pune could a- direct action sequences. Well, see, this is the thing. There was—I mean, the stage. Yeah. The, the fight scenes in this look like year three drama class. Well, they, they look like the ca-
2: you know when you got those spaghetti westerns, and they have the fight in the saloon. And everyone's just kind of throwing random punches at everybody else and nobody's actually got any active combat skills. And I'm thinking, hang on, Captain America is supposed to be skilled at hand-to-hand combat. Why is he getting beaten by the Red Skull? <laughs>
0: I, mean, well, I mean, is he I supposed mean, to be skilled at hand-to-hand combat? Yes.
1: Yeah, because don't don't forget, this isn't this isn't in America first Avenger movie where he's enlisted in the army and gets trained. Yeah. In this, he's
2: Steve Rogers, who got uh, who got polio when he was it's young, Re- and then got got the super soldier formula, and then got drafted straight into uh, his first mission, which was fighting the Red Skull. He's got no combat skills. He's basically a farm boy from Kansas. Uh, that sounds familiar. Who's going up against Batman? <laughs> hey, hey,
0: I think you'll find very specifically he's no Superman. <laughs> no. Which, God, this film just seems to hate Captain America. I
2: know. It, the, uh, the whole bit with where he's strapped to the missile, right, and I'm thinking, okay, right, where's his shield? And then somehow when he wakes up in Alaska, he's got his shield.
0: Yeah, I think, like, they, they strapped it to him.
1: Yeah. Why would
0: also you, with that I, scene... But, but I also I also like the fact that he's got
1: a special shield, man bag. Yes, I've n- I've never seen that in any Captain America. His uh, shield purse. The comic or movie. His shield his, purse. His, his
0: little. His shield carrier. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Where does he get that? Where where does one find a bag that's the size of a shield? And like,
2: <laughs> the way he runs with it, it. The way he runs with it is amazing. Yes. <laughs>
0: and stuff like awkwardly clutching it up as he... <laughs> <laughs> like he's late for the train
1: right let me just check I've got everything I need for this morning's board meeting Filofax Shield Mobile phone
0: <sighs> also I don't know why he's so fussed because even if he does miss the train what he can do is just get a lift off someone then say he's feeling car sick and just really awkwardly yeah, I... steal their yeah. car off. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's an incredibly on captain America thing to do. Yeah,
0: <laughs> He is he's such a jerk. And especially when he does it to Sharon, he does it in Italy. Do it on the way to their plane. Don't, don't strand the poor girl in a foreign country. At least the first time you can
1: excuse because he's under this delusion that he's stealing the car from a German spy, which... You know, I mean, it's not Med Beatty's fault that he's picked him up in a Volkswagen. Yeah, and he's
2: but- recording on a on a reco- on a tape recorder that's made in Japan. Thing is, yeah. that actually but I will say
0: that that bit that was almost good.
2: Yeah, that that bit actually made sense for a movie that doesn't make sense. That bit actually did make sense, and it got me thinking. Well, hang on, you know, that was something that they kind of left out of Captain America: The First Avenger. And I understand why they left it out.
1: <laughs> but, right, this wasn't the original version of this film. You know? No, it wasn't. Originally, it was going to be directed by Michael Winner. Yep. And written by Stan Hay.
0: Yeah, for writ-
1: Canon Films. Who wrote A Vida's In Pet.
2: And it's Canon Films. Dun 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 da 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 da.
0: You know that you, you know that Snyder cut thing where like fans get really insistent that oh if only we could have got that original <laughs> version.
1: Yeah, not <laughs> the case here.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure yeah, No.
1: A cut, apparently, that that version of this film Uh involved the Statue of Liberty. Being stolen by an elderly red skull. Yeah. See, which I believe Stan Hay later adapted into the reboot series of Avidas own pet, but it was the transporter bridge.
2: See, this is the problem you got when whenever you mention canon films, and Mick knows exactly what I'm about to say. They were not that good at films.
1: No. <laughs> Canon Films. Is there is there any is there any more disappointing opening credit than Golan Globus presents? Yes. Yeah.
2: and then you hear that, <laughs> that that music dun 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 <laughs> like oh no.
1: But what I like is that what I like is that um, the rights for Captain America went from Canon Films with uh, Menahem Golan to form the copyright friendly. Twenty First Century Film Corporation.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Which I'm, I'm glad that came up at the start of the film. That that's only set expectations, didn't it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> which, which kind of that 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 and the fact that they used a lovely sort of Times serif text for the director name and the thing, and then a really gaudy Captain America look. Yeah, I <laughs> mean. Yeah i
2: wanna i i have to bring up this because i i feel that like it's i feel that like it's important um right and we mentioned this before, but every kind of every good villain is only as good as the henchman right but the henchmen in this were bad
0: like i almost like. I mean, actually, I do quite like the idea that they're like all these Italian fashion models. Yeah, and they just do things like, like when Shannon gets captured by them, and they're just all like casually posing on the car. Yeah, I mean, I just like that's that's almost fun, but also they suck. They're so bad at everything. The thing is, I kept
2: expecting them to just start pointing in random directions, as if it was some kind of photo shoot. Because they're all wearing yeah, stylish clothes, it was clothes that were stylish in 1990, I should say.
1: <laughs> they do seem to have been trained by the Empire. <laughs> like... They obviously, they obviously went to Darth Vader's Imperial Stormtrooper school. Oh, I thought,
2: I thought you would, you were going to say Vanity Fair that Empire.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I not like they just, they get beaten up by everyone
2: oh yes like
0: even sharon who is about what like five foot three can just sock them on the jaw and they immediately go down
2: i mean you know when she's being chased up that tower at the towards the end of the movie and she's being chased by red skull's daughter and she taps her on the shoulder and then punches her in the face i'm like no you don't do that you hit them over the back of the head because it's safer that way they don't know where you are right? Maybe you'll knock them out, maybe you'll kill them, but, you know, life or death situation, you don't really care at that point.
0: <laughs> yeah, so... God, do I, do I want to skip to end? Do, you know, do I think my most damning indictment of this film is? That the way I want to criticise it is to just go through every single scene and point out, like, the, the 20 things that are wrong with every single frame of it.
1: Well, this film yeah, but... is so
0: bad it makes cinema sins a valid form of criticism. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this film is so bad I'm now disappointed we didn't do the 1979 one and its sequel. Don't
2: um, tempt fate. We faith. will Mick. Don't tempt fate, Mick.
0: <laughs> but anyway, but,
2: uh, hang on, hang on. If we are, if we do that, then I insist we also have to do the Phantom.
1: Oh, I'm fine with that.
2: Because <laughs> if there's one thing adaptations need, it's more Billy Zane.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, so
0: anyway, so, so what I want to talk about is the end of this film. Because I was confused. So, first of all... I was grateful. Cap's, Cap's chasing the Red Skull. Yeah. And by the Red Skull, I mean Scott Powlin with, like, a, a bit of a sunburn. Yeah. And... So the Red Skull's shooting at him with his submachine gun and and Captain America's, like, you know, just blocking it with his shield. Up until we just randomly get to a point where, like, Cap's hiding behind a door and and he, he won't come out because the Red Skull's shooting at him. Yeah. So I guess he just forgets he can block the bullets. Well, I mean... So so well, instead what not... he has to do is is <laughs> use the recording he's got of when the red skull's family were killed which was just like you know lying about in the rubble of the old house it's what whatever that's it's
1: bigger fish it, to try. it was lying around in the rubble of the the, the old house and i mean the, the there's a certain sort of thematic link there because you know this all happens whilst um red skull is leaning against the grand piano that just happens to be casually lying around yeah. on the parapet of his castle. I mean, uh, uh, when,
2: when you get to that point, my first thought is, why is there a grand piano here?
1: Because <laughs> when you're building your evil mastermind lair in a disused coastal fortress...
0: Which I'm pretty sure there, is just you? a tourist attraction.
1: Yeah, and you sit there and you think, right, I've got my twisty tunnels... I've got my dungeons, I've got my parapets, I've got my machine gun nests. Where shall I put the piano? See, this is the thing. You put the piano there,
2: okay, fine. It's very picturesque. You can take some great Instagram photos there, even though Instagram was not a I thing mean, at that point. But it's a filming no, piano. No, they
1: were thi- what they were thinking was, we're going to need to fund our evil plans. We could hire this out for atmospheric pop videos. MTV was still relatively in its infancy.
2: Well, yeah. I, hang, hang, hang. what do they think was going to happen? Axl Rose is going to want to play November Rain there.
1: What? Hey.
0: Speaking of, it's going to get ruined when it starts raining. Absolutely. That's my point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the helicopter shots you could get going
0: on. Also, importantly, it's not just a piano. It's a piano in which also the Red Skull keeps like his nuclear detonator for blowing up all of Italy when he gets sad. So very sad because Captain America played in the recording of his family dying, which I I can almost understand. But you, you worked for the Nazis, Red Skull. You founded like an Illuminati to take over the world. I feel like you may be just quite a bad man.
2: I mean... Not just just blowing up Italy, you know, irradiating most of Southern Europe. It's that powerful. Like, hang on, doesn't that make it the most powerful nuclear weapon on the planet then?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Also, Captain America doesn't stop it. Like, he just throws his shield at Red Skull and knocks him off the edge of the castle.
1: Yeah,
2: and then you then you see the mannequin falling down the cliff.
1: Yeah, I mean, it 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 was at that point that they handed it over to the director of Monty Python's Flying Circus. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) also, this
0: is this is the bit that also very much confuses me, is that Valentina comes out and the shield like then comes back towards it and it cuts away and goes back to Steve. Did Captain America decapitate a woman? Because it sure seems like he decapitated a
2: woman. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I thought he decapitated her as well, mind you. This film didn't really, uh, didn't really, kind of shy away from the whole idea of a superpowered hero. Let's call him punching a woman in the face.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, to be fair, his models would already suspect when he abandoned a young lady in the middle of Rome by pretending to be carsick. I mean, uh, that, that was the thing. I was like,
2: you do realise Captain America has literally just punched a woman in the face. He's punched a woman in the face.
0: He's a bad man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he also says that Bernie's like the love of his life. Up until he's like, oh, what's that? You've got a hotter, younger daughter. Great. Oh, you're dead now. That's a shame. I mean, to be fair,
1: he, you know, I I think he was quite mature about that. It was clear that, you know, Bernie had moved on. Hang on,
2: I just want to ask. Is this what Busted was singing about? (laughs) When they did that song? (laughs) The great, great, great granddaughter's pretty fine. Is this what they were singing about? Were they basing it all on, like, Captain America? (laughs)
0: I, I I will be fair to the movie that that is kind of going off the thing from the comics where Captain America dates Sharon Carter who's like Peggy Carter's great niece and it's yeah. awful that I hate it like Sharon Carter's pretty cool as a character I I hate that whole romantic subplot yeah just the idea of Oh, it's the great grandniece of the woman I used to be in love with. Let's creep on her instead. No, Captain America, you weirdo! Don't do that.
2: <laughs> See, that—that's that, one of the reasons why I thought, why I thought him and Diamondback getting together wasn't actually a bad thing, because it kind of it it, it circumvented that whole idea of him uh, of the Carters somehow being genetically attracted to Captain America. Yeah, yeah I know um speaking well, of anyway.
0: uh, I, th- I thought it was a bold choice of the film because with a lot of these things i'll watch them and you know for whatever reason be it budgetary or story-wise characters will spend a lot of time of, out of costume or not looking like their iconic comic book selves yeah and it, it was such a brave choice to start off the film going okay you want comic book accurate captain america and red skull Here's what they look like. They're awful. Do you want us to take it away now? Yes, you do. Don't worry. Red Skull can't hurt you now. He's just going to look like a man with just a bit of a red face. Not this awful Power Rangers villain.
2: Red Skull looked like a reject from Wishmaster. Like a low budget 90s horror film. And that whole thing... I'm going to deviate this rocket by kicking this <laughs> and it's going to it's going to stop the rocket by making it fly up over the white house and somehow I'm going to end up in Alaska and like the distance between you know between where the rocket was fired from which I'm assuming is Germany or maybe Italy to America but uh, you know and I'm assuming it has enough fuel to basically hit in or around the White House, yeah, but not enough fuel to deviate from the White House and head to Alaska.
0: It, I mean, it's only a few thousand <laughs> miles away, <laughs> <laughs> and they just
2: happen to be a random kid standing outside the White House at night taking photos because during wartime, that's not suspicious, is it? <laughs>
0: Also, a child who, through the lens of his camera, can perfectly see Captain America tied to the rocket
1: yes, yes. and then recognize Ooh. and then recognize said person from a very hazy, foggy photo in black and white, taken at a completely different angle,
2: yeah. And also, that child will become President of
1: the United States. Inspired by, the, by seeing the face of a man who is literally terrified of his current predicament. <laughs> <laughs> that fear galvanised me into the man I am today.
2: And this is why I'm the environmental president. We need to ban all rockets.
1: Plus, when everything's environmentally sound, I can continue with my plan to build evils.
0: you know speaking about all of this one of the things I was curious about and trying to find out is why for whatever reason the red skull in this film is Italian instead of German and I've been trying to like float around theories that maybe it was something like so they could ensure they'd get rights to film in Italy or something like that but I think maybe maybe Stephen Tolkien just, just doesn't know the difference between Italian and German Because there clearly seems to be a lot of things, just like basic science and geography, that he doesn't know.
2: I actually have a theory about this, um, and I think possibly this is the reason why. I think during the nineties, Italy was actually trying to attract filmmakers to it because if you look at the at some of the other films that were made in Italy during the nineties, especially the low budget ones, are you know Jackie Chan made a film during the 90s called Wheels on Meals and it was filmed in Italy. and I kept thinking, why is Jackie Chan filming in Italy? Is it because it co- is it because he he was invited there to film there or is it because it cost much less to film in Italy at the time than it cost anywhere else? And I reckon that's the reason why it just cost a lot less.
1: Um, I don't wonder this was filmed in Yugoslavia. Was it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the but, but no. Then why is he Italian? Well, you 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 are not even filming it just because he's hanging still working for the Nazis. But why, why is he Italian then, Nick? I don't know. Because
1: it's not actually Nazis that, that get him at the beginning, is it? It's it's Mussolini's fascists.
0: Yeah, but then they take, take him, him to and... a hideout with a big old SWAT sticker on the wall.
2: We yeah. assume it's Mussolini's fascists, but well, it's it... never actually said.
0: No, no. Well, it might, it yeah, might exactly.
2: be
1: one of those it... bits that isn't subtitled. <laughs> we
2: just don't know if it's said or not. <laughs> See, the subtitling is... Oh, it's 1970s kung fu movie bad, isn't it?
1: <laughs> well, no, because at least they used to subtitle every line. Um. Oh. Do you
0: know what I love about the US government in this film? That, like, they spend all this time and money making Captain America and immediately just like, yeah, go on off your trot. Go stop the Red Skull. Like, Steve seemingly dies and they just go, oh, no, that didn't work at all. Okay, shut everything down. Let us never tell anyone what happened here. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
2: and, you know, the secret hideout is now, uh, the entrance is now in the ladies' room of a diner. Okay, fine. Um, But I also noticed that, uh, right, you know the guy, the uh, whatever, the military officer who's there when Steve transforms into Captain America? Yeah? Yeah,
0: Yeah. the one who looks weirdly like Seth Green.
2: See, I thought he looked like Timothy Dalton in Flash Gordon. <laughs> I don't know why, but I kept getting flashbacks of Timothy Dalton in Flash Gordon whenever I looked at him.
0: Yeah. Oh, also with that, I think that might have been the scene that I, I just burst out laughing the most at. Because it's the bit where, like, the German spy guys kind of infiltrated it. And he goes to shake Dr. Vaselli's hand. And then he just does like a psych as he goes into the hit the salute and just shoots her. Yeah.
2: And like, security here, did, did they not pat everyone down for guns? And obviously, I, there's that there's that one plot thread that obviously is not followed up on at all in the movie of the obviously evil little guy who keeps rubbing his ear when he when something goes wrong or he's confused by something. The one who introduces Dr. Vasily to this other person who then psychs her up with a Heil Hitler. He's obviously a bad guy.
0: I mean, I think what happened is that as the, the rest of the army was turning out and he just yelled out, it was just a prank, bro. <laughs> because it just it does come off as just like a wacky prank.
2: Yeah. I one one bit of this that I that I actually did quite like and I I don't know whether this was uh whether this was something that was scripted or whether it was just something that um, Scott Paulin decided to do just because but when but him constantly calling Captain America, brother, actually made a lot of sense to um, me.
0: No, I think you'll find it. he calls him brother.
2: Yeah, he, yeah. But in terms of in terms of uh, in terms of the actual origins of Red Skull and Captain America, it made a lot of sense to me. You know. Yeah, it, it's he calls him first... little brother.
0: Yeah, and that's that, that probably actually brings me to the point I was going to make then, which is that you know earlier when you said that basically this film was just people not doing anything interesting with Captain America. Mm. Actually, I found an interview with Albert Pyun, and it actually sounds like he had a lot of ideas for what he wanted to do with the film. Like, it was supposed to be more about this idea of, you know, Captain America and the Red Skull. So being not so different, and kind of looking at how the American government treats people, like they want to be the good guys. But they're still subjecting someone to like this big untested science experiment, and mm. when it goes wrong, just like completely abandoning him, abandoning him. Yeah, that's that's not easy to say this early in I, the morning.
1: I, I don't know. Looking looking at the list of Albert Pung's work.
0: Oh no! It, look, I, I think there's a big difference between ideas you can have and how well they're made. <laughs> like, I mean I, I I certainly have ideas for films and I think some of them are pretty good if you gave me a camera and said like here's
1: I a million Albert dollars Punas probably filmed those ideas yes. in his career <laughs> I,
2: oh I'm my a... god <laughs> he directed Cyborg Van Damme Cyborg <laughs>
1: And that looks like it was a high point.
2: Oh, no, 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 no. Kickboxer 2 was obviously the high point. No, Kickboxer 4 was obviously the high point.
0: Yeah, he he directed not even the original Kickboxer. That's one of his claims to fame, is directing one of the other Kickboxer movies.
1: Directing the even-numbered Kickboxer movies.
2: Oh, God. There's a film here called Max Havoc, Curse of the Dragon, and you have to see the cover of it. The cover is like... So 1980s, it hurts. I mean, we're talking so 1980s action film. Come, look, watch, watch this sexy action film. Look, watch this sexy action film.
1: And of course, co- the problem with it looking like a 1980s, 1990s action film is it was five. Exactly. <laughs> in oh, dear. Guam. In Guam.
0: Oh, double, dear. <laughs> <laughs> so... so um, yes what what I was
1: fortunate what I was fortunate enough to do though because I I watched the very best version of Captain America 19 I managed to I managed to watch the 2013 collector's edition with a special widescreen high def presentation really wish
0: I hadn't (laughs) yeah that's (laughs) (laughs) certainly that is not a film costume I want to see in more detail
2: (laughs) I'm, uh,
0: <laughs> really, really see where the latex clings to his abs.
2: See, I, I, I still can't get over the face, the, you know, the pug wearing a mask, and I think for the rest of my life, every time I think of Captain America 1990, I'll just want to go, who's a good boy? Who's a Talk, good boy?
1: Talking of cock-ups made by the characters in the film, who looked at that rat and thought, yeah, let's press ahead with the human experiment yeah
2: i mean look we've made a (laughs) tiny skexis why don't we keep going
0: (laughs) i I swear i swear i'm gonna try and like make this one of the last points but all the music in this film is so horribly out of place yep like i think my favorite is the first scene where steve is saying goodbye to his mother and it's a big sad emotional scene and just in the background all you can hear is doo-ba-doo ba-doo, doo-do-do-do-do, doo ba doo ba doo doo do 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 ba do 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 do
1: do do Maybe that was the tune that was playing in Steve's head, as his inner monologue said, I'm finally free of you, you controlling bitch. <laughs>
0: That's what well, I mean. God, this this film makes so much more sense if Steve Rogers just secretly hates everyone and never says anything about it. <laughs>
2: Which I kind of get the feeling he did while, you know, while you're watching this film, you can clearly see Matt Salinger getting angrier and angrier with the filming
1: it, it, <laughs> as the it, film's it, going. It, it it does look like he's, he's sort of sat there in the Volkswagen, going through the woods, sitting next to Ned Beatty, thinking, he wants me to pretend I'm carsick.
0: What? <laughs> How does that even work? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there's of like this... an unused curve this <laughs> film where the <sighs> red skull at, and now I'm going to use my detonator to make all of Italy uninhabitable? And Steve just yells, "Good, great, how <laughs> yeah. with that?" And just so petulantly sits down. I'll oh, just, just... Th- storms off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what they should just to give it a bit of thematic consistency. What should have happened in that final showdown scene is, as, as Red Skull was about to launch his nukes, Steve Rogers should have said, "Hold on, I think I'm feeling a bit sick." Distracting Red Skull just long enough for him to then rugby tackle the device <laughs> out of his hands. I I don't know. I I think I think. That's where most of the budget went, was on that gadget, because that gadget was supposed to signify just how evil um, mm. Red Skull was. Because quite obviously...
2: A watch that wouldn't cut it, like a stopwatch or a timer yeah, or something like that.
1: Because cause that's the thing, isn't it? Quite obviously, in this film, the evil guys have got all the budget. See, this is the thing. I Because nothing I, cool happens in the American bits. Yeah. I always
2: considered Red Skull to be like the reverse MacGyver. He could basically build a nuclear weapon out of like paper clips and uh, uh, several pieces of chewing gum. No, so
1: sh- surely the reverse MacGyver would reduce a nuclear weapon to paper clips and chewing gum.
2: No, that's MacGyver. <laughs> I
1: thought MacGyver's whole thing was building things out of junk.
2: No, MacGyver's also escaping and stuff like that as well, isn't it?
0: Yes, yeah, so, so, dis- yeah, so surely Reverse stuff. MacGyver just takes really useful <laughs> items, breaks them down into everyday junk, and then gets captured.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I want that series name. <laughs> so
0: do
2: I. Okay, so Reverse MacGyver, where he uh, instead of get instead of escaping from prison, he gets locked up even more. Yeah. <laughs> Ends up in a bigger
1: prison.
2: <laughs> oh, just, like, starts off just in a simple jail cell for, like, a traffic cell. And then next thing you know, he's in maximum security in solitary confinement. Season three is in a penal colony on the moon.
0: <laughs> and each one has just increasingly easy methods of escape that he keeps yeah. bungling up.
2: It's like everyone's lining up, and the doors are all open for the prison, (laughs) and everyone's just waiting for him to leave. (laughs) In the wards, going, "You're free, my (laughs) guy. Then you can go." He's like, "I can escape from here."
0: No, (laughs) and then he just like takes out an industrial drill, breaks it down, (laughs) fashions it into a key with which he locks his own cell door.
2: Everyone's going, "Where did he get the drill?"
0: Anyway, before we can move on to better things, we do have the the onerous task of ranking Captain America on our list, going from 1 to 16, with 1, one to voter Petition at the top, and with Hulk uh, from 2003 at the bottom. Now, I think oh.
1: this is... I, I this vote is for this a... going in. I vote for this going in.
0: At... I See, oh. Jack, Part of me feels like even... Because even just saying, oh, yes, this is the one below Hulk, no. that's not, yeah. I feel like we need a whole separate division like we <laughs> joked about with the old guy.
2: Yeah. I uh, uh, See, that's the thing. When you say Hulk is at the bottom, I'm going, oh, uh, now that's a tough decision. No, it isn't. Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, for all the faults that Ang Lee's Hulk had, Ang Lee is clearly a more capable director... Than pune. Yeah. So, ranking uh, Captain America.
0: Oh, th- should that be crap in America? Uh, uh, oh, uh, Captain America can't. Well, like that as well. That's that's a good. <laughs> in. Anyway, yeah, it, it's the bottom of the list. Like the difference between this yeah. and angry Hulk is staggering. Yeah. But yeah, you've done... Ang Lee, you've done it. Well, You're not Paul
1: anymore. Just just two more films and you can avoid relegation.
0: <laughs> yeah. I it's, it's weird. I, I feel like... Oh, that's brilliant, mate. This has become such a weird, recurring bit on the show that I'm actually quite glad that it's not at the bottom anymore. <laughs> the,
2: the thing is, when was Angley? Uh, when was the Incredible Hulk made? Oh, sorry, when the Angley's Hulk film, it was made in uh, what two thousand three three, two thousand and three. So it took thir- it, it was made thirteen years or thirteen years after that Captain America movie, and to my mind, it is better, but not by a
1: lot. No, it is. It's a lot better.
0: Yeah, it's that there was a uh, just a. It, it... Even basic level of competence that is sorely lacking from Captain America. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. In terms of the filmmaking, yeah. In terms of the story, what what they've done is taken a poor story and done a better job with it. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And I do. So just to close out, I do have one final comment that I did scroll down yesterday whilst I had some slight liquid assistance while making the notes for Captain America. (laughs) (laughs) And that is that the acting in this film is so bad that about every 10 minutes or so, I'd forget what I was watching and start thinking, so is this the bit where they start taking their clothes off?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) It does look like low-budget porn from the 90s
1: we mentioned a bit earlier about the action sequences being poorly done now the whole point of an action sequence is that the actors don't punch each other and then the director uses camera trickery to mask the fact that they're not connecting their punches Pune forgets to do the masking bit
0: <laughs> I mean he sort of does in that one fight scene in the basement where he just switches all the lights well off. yeah
1: Ah, the Fincher method. Or, 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 he
2: blatantly lets the characters punch each other in the face. Because I'm pretty sure when they're getting chased in Yugoslavia... (laughs) Sorry, I was going to say it, Lee. When they're getting chased in Yugoslavia by the Porsche going down the street, and they're running away from the Porsche, which can travel really fast down the street... But they're still somehow managing to run away from it.
1: Can you imagine how car sick Steve Rogers are getting one of those on the cobbled streets of Hugo, Italy? But the thing is, uh,
2: there's a bit after that where Matt Salinger punches the woman in the face. And it looks so realistic. I mean, maybe that's just like, the
1: natural culmination of the anger he was feeling all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: did he actually punch that woman in the face? Did Captain America actually punch that woman in the face? Because it looked like he really There's did punch her in the only face. That's the one
1: way I'm going to get out of filming the rest of this movie, <laughs> and that's if I assault other members of the cast. <laughs>
0: and not even then. They just put it in. Anyway, I think... We could probably do like just a whole entire another podcast saying everything wrong with this movie. But we have ranked it. We've, well, I think we've got the point across. This film's not good. No.
2: But it does make, uh, as you said, Mick, it does make me want to see just how bad the other Captain America is.
1: Yeah. Well, this is it. I mean,. At least it's got the advantage that it spawned a sequel.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and really, I think really that's that's what the best we can aspire to on the show is going. That movie was terrible. I need to watch more of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, I Just... think that that's probably about it from us. Uh, if you would like to listen to more, you can listen to all our episodes on the feed or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you subscribe to the show. You'll make sure you never miss an episode. And you can also listen to our other podcast, the Comics Review Show 4 panel, over on the Geek Show Podcast Network. And if you do want to get in touch, our email is beholdpod at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at beholdpod. And if you are a fan, we'd really appreciate it if you did leave us a review on your podcast app of choice, or even just recommended us to a friend. It is the best way for us to grow. And, uh, as a show reach you hopefully non-rubber ears so that's everything until next time I've been Andrew
1: I've been Mick
2: and I've been Rob
0: so long and thanks for listening